0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer before endeavoring to speak to you. Join me, please. Father in heaven, we thank thee as every time we open our mouths in prayer. Thank you for all of the great, many wonderful blessings you've given us. But most especially, the blessing of all blessings, your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for Christ today who came to this earth, who died for our sins on the cross of Calvary, who rose from the dead, and who once again is going to come in clouds of glory. Our Father, in this moment and in this time when we call attention to your blessed word, give us understanding of the scriptures. Help us to know what they're saying. And in Help us to be able to apply these things to our own lives and our own experiences. May your presence be felt and may you be honored and glorified in this service today. For we ask it in Christ's name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Over a year ago, on Wednesday night, We started a study in the book of Hebrews, and that went on for quite a while until it got interrupted by several things, and we could no longer pursue that, and uh, we had to just take a rain check and one day hope to get back to it. Uh, We didn't finish the book of Hebrews. I think we got through the ninth chapter, and that's about as far as we got I want to call to your attention maybe uh, chapter number 11. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to that? The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, verses 1 through 4. Book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Now faith is... You know, there's some things that used to be that are not today. But faith is. You could say that yesterday. You can say it today. Faith still is. Faith is the substance of hope, things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Now, the book of Hebrews is a marvelous book indeed, and chapter number 11, it too is greatly needed to be read and applied because the 11th chapter of Hebrews has to deal with the subject of faith. It's the faith chapter in the Bible. The emphasis is not on the men who are listed in that chapter, but the faith which they exercised. We have an historical record of it. God does not honor the man, but he does honor the faith that is exercised. Notice how many times that word faith is used in Hebrews chapter 11. Starts off in verse 1. Now faith is. And verse 3, through faith we understand And then it brings in some Bible characters. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. In verse 5. In verse 7, by faith, Noah. In verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse 11, through faith, also Sarah. And down in verse 17, by faith, Abraham again. And then, of course, by faith in verse 29. Verse 20, Isaac, by faith Isaac. By faith Jacob, verse 21. By faith Joseph, by faith Moses. More than 20 times the word faith is used. Faith, faith, faith. Faith. And the essentiality of it is stressed in verse number 6. For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I would like for us to just do a little study, a little bit of study on this word faith. As it applies to these who are listed here, and we do not have the time, certainly not in one message, not even in a series of messages, because We'd be dealing in it with probably for over a year, but by faith Abel, talks about by faith Abel. And I want us to look this morning at the subject of the worship of Abel's faith. The worship of Abel's faith. Now, Dr. Allen Redpath, instead of calling this chapter in Hebrews, the heroes of faith, which has been named by a lot of preachers and a lot of theologians. He says, we ought to call it rogues gallery. (laughs) He furthermore says, Abraham was a liar. Noah was a drunkard. Jacob was a cheat. Rahab was a harlot. David was a murderer. And Samson was a scoundrel rogues gallery. I said a moment ago, we're not looking at the individuals, we're looking at the faith that they exercised. It's very important that you see that. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul lays down the guideline for a believer's conduct. He walks by faith and not by sight walking by sight what does that mean it means a walk which is regulated by the physical senses you believe only if you can see it if you can hear it if you can taste it if you can smell it if you can touch it in other words i'll believe but I, or i I maybe get my assurance by saying, I know this is so because I saw it. I know this is truth because I feel it. I know this is so because I smell it. I can taste it. I can touch it. It appeals to the physical senses of a human body. That's walking by sight. By sight. However, walking by faith is a walk which is regulated by believing what God says in spite of the physical senses. What God says in spite of the physical senses. You know when those disciples were aboard the boat going from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other, were interrupted by this storm. And they were focused on the storm and not the Savior. Savior. There's a difference. They were focused on the storm. They were thinking, we'll never get to the other side because of this storm. They were appealing to the senses. They could see something happening. They could hear something happening. happening. They could feel something. So this must be really so. But the Lord said, O ye of little faith, you're walking by sight. I was studying the book of Daniel this last week in chapter 6, and it's worth the time it takes to turn to it, Daniel chapter number 6, you will remember that King Darius was a Persian king, a Median king, that took over the Babylonian people. And he made a decree that nothing could be requested or asked of any god or of anybody except himself as a king who would decree it. And in verse 16 of Daniel chapter 6, Then the king commanded, And they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now pay attention to what the king said about that. Darius, who incidentally was a friend of Daniel. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, will deliver thee. You say, oh well, boy, that's that's pretty sound faith, isn't it? Notice, <clears throat> after 24 hours, he changed his mind. Turn the page in my Bible, and you get over to verse number 19. The king arose very early in the morning, and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and said, O Daniel servant of the living God, now watch it, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? 24 hours earlier, he said, Daniel, your God will deliver you from the lions. That sounded pretty good. But he got to thinking about that during the night and he thought about those lions pouncing on Daniel and chewing him to pieces and he couldn't sleep. And when the sun came up, he made a beeline to the den of lions and to Daniel and said, Daniel, is God able? Now, he lost somewhat of his ability during the night, didn't he? That's what you call faulty faith. It's the easiest thing in the world when things are going right to say, I believe God. And I believe God's going to watch over us. It's another thing when the storm hits. And we wonder, is God able? That's a faulty faith. Difference in walking by sight and walking by faith. Do you remember that the Lord Jesus told Thomas, Blessed are they who believe, having seen, but more blessed are they who believe, having having not seen. Christ said there are a lot of people who believe because they've seen, but what about those who have not seen? They're more blessed if they believe having not seen. You have to let faith kick in. It has to it has to take over. This business that I am confident, I can see and I can smell and I can touch and I can taste and I can hear and I can make my own decisions and I'm rational about this is not worth anything at all. It's what God says, walking by faith and not by sight. And that leads to the definition, what is faith? Well, in verse number one, it's rather theological. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I've given this other definition to you because it satisfies me. I can understand it. I I don't have to memorize verse 1 of chapter 11 to know what faith is. Faith is, what is it, Pastor? Faith is believing what God says And acting like it. Faith is believing what God says. And acting like it. If we do not act like it. We really don't believe what he says. Faith is believing what God says. And acting like it. There's a verse in Genesis 15.6. That says Abraham believed in the Lord. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Faith demands an object. What do you mean by that? Well, there's a word translated belief in the New Testament, comes from the same word translated faith. And we talk about expressing our faith when we say, well, I believe this, or I believe that, or I, I, I believe, I believe. But belief always demands an object. You say, Well, I believe. You believe what? What do you believe? Oh, well, I just believe. No, you've got to believe something. Faith demands an object. And that object is what God said. I believe what God said. You know, it's kind of like love. Love demands an object. Uh, You you just can't say, well, you know what I love? And you're waiting for the punchline. And so what would you say? Oh, I love. Well, what do you love? I mean, it could be you love the Lord or it could be you love onions on your McDonald's hamburger or whatever like that. I love. It demands an object and it's not enough for us to come and say, I believe, I believe. Who do you believe in? What do you believe? God said it and that settles it. I believe what God said and I act like it. One of the great illustrations for this I find in the 27th chapter of Acts. The 27th chapter of Acts. Paul was headed for Rome on a boat that looked like it was not going to reach its destination because it was interrupted by a storm by the name of Eurachlodon. And it looked like that that ship was going to go down and kill everybody aboard and Verse 17 of that 27th chapter of Acts said that they had taken up the helps and the undergirding of the ship and they began to dump all the heavy uh, things on board the ship to lighten it so it would not sink. And uh, verse 20 talks about neither the sun nor the stars in many days appeared and there was no small tempest that lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. You know why they didn't have any hope? Because they weren't believing what God said. Now, Paul went down into the hull of the ship, and he says in verse 23 There stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. God said, It's not going to sink. God said, you're not going to drown to death. I'm going to see to it that Paul, you, and all of these sailors make it safely to shore. But the storm said, no sirree, God's wrong. We're going down and you better say your prayers before you begin swallowing too much water. You got to believe something. Can you believe God? Can you believe what God says? Can you read his word and say, you know what, God said this, and I believe it, and that's it. I believe what God says, and I can act like it. We want to notice some of the examples of faith given to us in Hebrews, but especially this one that speaks of Abel in this 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews where the scripture is very clear. It says that by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Adam and Eve at this point in time in scripture had had two children, Cain and and Abel, Cain was the older, Abel of course was the younger. And it came time to offer a gift unto the Lord. And these two boys brought a gift to the Lord. And God rejected Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel's offering. And the reason he did it is because Abel offered it by faith. Cain did not offer it by faith Abel offered his by faith. So let's look at this Abel's exercise of faith in this fourth chapter that is set forth. In Genesis chapter number four is the actual recording of it. And if you're familiar with the book of Genesis, you're familiar with what this story speaks about. In the fourth chapter, Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bare Cain and said... I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she bear his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a tiller of the soil. In process of time it came to pass, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. He was very angry. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not well... Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Abel's offering was an exercise of worship. Cain's offering had no no worship attached to it. Abel was worshiping God. He was exercising faith in this worship exercise. Notice two or three things very quickly. Abel exercised faith. How did he exercise faith? By discounting human schemes and methods and reasoning and by obeying God's word. By faith, Abel. The scripture does not go into detail with this. Let me just tell you what I think may perhaps show us a little bit of the conversation that took place between these two boys. Could I use modern day vernacular? They were going to church and they were going to give God something. They were going to present an offering unto the Lord. And Cain said to Abel, what are you going to give him? And Cain said, well, uh, Abel said, well, what are you going to give him? And they began to talk about it. And Cain said, you know what? I, I've got some, some of the best vegetables you've ever seen in your life. I'm going to give him the best things that I can grow with my hand. And I'm going to give that to the Lord. And Abel said, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to raise vegetables and things like that. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a lamb. And when it came to pass, the offering took place. Abel presented his offering. Cain presented his offering. And Cain's offering was rejected and Abel's was accepted. Abel exercised faith by discounting human schemes and methods and reasoning and simply by obeying God's word. You see, not all people have faith. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse number 2, the scripture makes that very clear. Not all people have faith. Faith is a gift. It's a gift. It comes from without. And it comes from God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 2 He, Christ, is the author and the finisher of our faith. We don't have anything to begin faith with. It's a gift of God. In Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, it's listed as one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, peace, joy. And in that list, faith is a gift of God. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, it talks about faith being obtained. We have obtained like precious faith. We did not already have it. We did not already possess it, but we obtained it. It came to us as a gift. So not all have faith. Now, from where did Abel's faith come with which he exercised? How is it that Abel had faith and Cain did not? There's a verse I think in Romans chapter 10 verse number 17 that gives us the answer to that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now from whom did Abel hear God's word? Not from the Lord himself. There's no place that talks about God speaking to Abel. But there are places where God spoke to Abel's dad. God spoke to Adam. And I believe that Adam spoke to Cain and Abel. He was raising his children right. And he said to them something like this, If you get ready to offer something to the Lord, you better have some blood on it. And the reason he went with that was because of what is said in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. Under Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothed them. Adam and Eve made fatal mistakes in the Garden of Eden. They sinned against God, but God covered their sin With the blood of an animal. Now Abel heard that from daddy. And Cain heard that from daddy. Cain wouldn't believe it. Because it didn't make any sense to him. He hated the idea of going out and killing a bunch of animals. He'd rather just grow some vegetables. Instead it was a rational scheme with Cain. But with Abel God said it. And therefore Abel exercised it discounting human schemes and things of that nature. I believe that Abel knew that the only way to approach God was through the blood or else why present this animal. It's quite obvious that Adam related the story in full to Cain and to Abel. Second of all, Abel exercised faith by acknowledging his sin and his need for God's forgiveness. Now his mother and daddy were sinners, but you see, they came through that seed of Adam, and they too were sinners. Cain and Abel were sinners. You and I are born in sin, according to Romans chapter number 5, through our father Adam in the garden. And Abel knew that. And the fact that he approached God with a blood sacrifice indicates he knew he had a need for forgiveness. He knew he was a sinner. Such was not the case with Cain. Cain was a farmer. He knew how to grow things. And he took great pride in his ability. And that's what he was living for and basing his reasoning upon He refused to take the sinner's place. There's a a little phrase in Genesis 4, verse 4. It's very important. It says, And Abel he also brought the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof. He brought the firstling of a flock and the fat thereof. That's an Old Testament terminology that has to deal with sacrifice and the fat thereof. He did not present this animal alive under God. He presented this animal dead under God. Now that's a very important thing. Abel exercised faith by recognizing that no work or effort of his could gain him acceptance before God. Cain brought his best. I believe that. The best that he could possibly manufacture and bring to to me. Cain brought his best. Abel brought God's best. Was the lamb. What did Cain bring? He brought his labor. Work of his hands. What did Abel bring? He brought God's labor. A living creature that had been slain. Cain thought surely God would accept him on the basis of bringing his best. You know, these two gifts need to be studied side by side. The gift of Cain was alive, but the gift of Abel was dead. Cain brought something to the Lord alive, and God rejected it. Abel brought something to the Lord that was dead and God accepted it. What was in that mysterious transaction? That there must be a death in order to be life. And that it's not enough to have a savior that emulates a good lifestyle and everybody speaks kindly of him. You've got to have a Savior that becomes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's got to die if we're going to live. Cain thought surely. I can imagine he did. We have that same tendency today of bringing the best that we have. Sometimes, my dear friends, it's, it, it, it doesn't boil down to the best that we have. Is, is it what God says to bring unto him? So Abel recognized that. Only that it was his best, but God rejected it. Abel exercised faith by recognizing that no work or effort could ever gain his acceptance before God. Let's apply that just for a moment. The very best we can do is not good enough. It's just not good enough. You can say, well, you know what, I've, I'm going to reform and I'm going to turn from some things I've been doing wrong and maybe I can get good enough for God to let me in. No, you'll never get to heaven based on what you do. I don't care what society thinks of what you do. They may claim you as one of the greatest citizens of the city because of what your contributions you've made and things of this nature. It's not worth anything at all. You cannot be saved by your works. And Cain was trying to get there by his works. Abel brought something God had brought to pass, a lamb. And Abel slew that lamb as a type of Christ. Abel offered and exercised faith by providing an offering that foreshadowed the great offering for sin. Abel knew the lamb offered was his substitute. That if the lamb dies, I don't have to die. But if he doesn't die, I'm going to have to die. In Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And back to that Genesis chapter 3, verse number 21, it's so important. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, Did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them? Notice carefully. They did not make their own skins. God not only executed the lamb, but took the skins from that lamb and made them fit apparel to cover their nakedness. Adam and Eve. God did that. It's a work of God. Faith is what God says, I believe it, and that's it. It's believing what God says and acting like it. In all of this, if I could say this and use this word, God gave Cain an opportunity. God gave Cain an opportunity to look at verse number 7 of chapter 4 of Genesis. Genesis. The Lord said to Cain, if you do well, and that doesn't mean if you do good works. It means if you make the right decision, if you do what's right, if you do what your mama and your daddy told you to do, what Adam and Eve told you to do, if you will do what's right, if you do well, will you not also be accepted? God said, I'll be more than glad to accept what you offer if it's what I've instructed. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, if you don't do well, and your mind's already made up, this is what you're offering. If you don't do well, send life at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, how did Cain respond to that? if I do what's right, means I've got to offer what Abel offered, and I'm not going to do that. I've got something more important than what Abel's got to offer. And because of that, my dear friends, Abel responded by getting angry at his brother. And Abel was only doing what God told him to do. But Cain got angry at his brother and rose up and slew him. But He was given an opportunity. Does not God give us an opportunity today? I believe so. He says, whosoever shall name or call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, well, what do you do with that? Well, you either accept it or you reject it. You either do it or you don't do it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Abel exercised faith by accepting God's testimony that he was righteous. Those are strong words. There in verse number four, Abel he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Abel believed that through his offering God, that God had accepted him and justified him. His faith brought this assurance of salvation. By the way, how can we know for sure whether we're saved or not? There's a passage over in 1 John, and we'll be through in a moment. 1 John, chapter number 5, verses 9 through 13. The Bible says if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Let me repeat that. If we believe what man has to say, how much more should we believe what God has to say? For this is what God says. This is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Now this is what God says. Not what man says, it's what God says. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth, and that's just another word for having faith in the Son of God. He that has faith in the Son of God or he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believed not the record that God gave of his son. Now this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not life. It's believing what God says and acting like it. We have before us a copy of God's blessed word. And it is his word. And it contains his promises. And this is what God has to say. Abel's act of giving this gift to the Lord was an act of worship. And he approached God by faith in doing so. There are three additional statements made about Abel in the book of Hebrews once again looking at that passage in Hebrews chapter number 11 look at verse 12 I'm sorry chapter number 12 we'll start with that one chapter 12 of Hebrews verse number 24 and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel now He's comparing what Abel offered unto the Lord and what Jesus Christ offered to the Father on the cross. And what Jesus Christ offered is better than what Abel had to offer. How could that be? One offered the antitype. Pardon me, one offered the type. That Animal that Abel offered and the blood thereof and the fat thereof was a type of the crucifixion of God's Son Jesus Christ. That's the type. But there's something better than the type, and it is the antitype of the cross of Christ and Christ Himself, the Lamb of God, being crucified for our sins. The blood which Abel offered only pointed forward to the blood which Jesus Christ would offer. And that only can take away sin. The antitype is always better than the type. Let me repeat that. The antitype, the fulfillment of the type, is always far better than the type. Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. Well, that's a type of Christ. But there's something better than that. Christ is the antitype and fulfillment of that. That's better than the type. Second one is in Hebrews eleven four, which we used as a text of this message. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Being dead, yet speaketh. How long has he been dead? at least 6,000 years and he's still speaking today. How can that be? He yet speaketh. Abel has spoken to us in this message today and reminded us that the only way a sinner can ever approach a holy God is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the third thing, faith is absolutely essential. In verse number 6, re-reading it again. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you are a Christian today, it is because you diligently sought the Lord. You used faith. I've never seen Jesus Christ. Have you? No. I can't say I actually have heard him. I cannot say I've actually touched him. The apostles could. In 1 John, John talks about we handled him, the word of life. I've never handled him. But I want you to know one thing. I know that he's real and that he is exactly doing today what he said he would do to go away and prepare a place for us, you have to believe that that's faith. I have faith in in, in saying, faith is absolutely essential. And without it, no man will see the Lord by faith. Read that 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews spend a little time pursuing these personalities and how they approach God on the basis of faith in Him. Let's stand, please, for prayer.